Welcome to Beyond Bankruptcy, financial knowledge for all consumers, with your host, Eric Wilson. Through each episode, you'll learn from financial management professionals, collection experts, bankruptcy chapter 13 trustees, financing professionals, lenders and creditors, and pastors and priests. We'll go beyond bankruptcy into practical, nuts and bolts financial education. You can find this show at www.ericwilsonlaw.com and on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here's the host of Beyond Bankruptcy, Eric Wilson. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm Eric Wilson. This is Beyond Bankruptcy, where we dissect and discuss a multitude of financial uh, topics of financial concern for consumers. It is a beautiful 42 degrees and sunny in Tuscaloosa on Thanksgiving Eve, and I am so excited to have Heather Keller as my guest this morning. Good morning, Heather. Hi, Eric. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Good. I wouldn't say it's probably that warm here in Chicagoland, but at least it's sunny and there's no snow today. So so, so what's the temperature in Chicago? I was just checking. Um, I think it's like an, oh, it's, it says it's 29. That's a little chilly. It snowed all last week, but thankfully it's going to be, I think, 50 today. So we're good. Okay. Well, good. Well, um, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Thank you for being on today. I personally love Thanksgiving. I love that it's um, about food and it's low key. And it seems like everybody has the four days off unless you're in retail. And it sort of makes my job, I don't know, a little easier. It's always a, a good built in four day weekend. So what are your plans and what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, wow. So usually, so today is our baking day. And so my mom comes over and we spend the day baking. My kids have had the entire week off. So we're very excited to just have some time. Um, we don't have any family here, really. So for us, we just wake up. We have our uh, Thanksgiving pajamas. They all match. And our favorite thing to do is watch the Macy's Day Parade. And my favorite food, I would say, is my sweet potato casserole. My favorite as well. Yes. So um, is yours definitely like, what do you put in yours? What's on top? A lot of brown sugar. I don't do the marshmallows. Um, no marshmallows. I don't think I've ever had it that way before. Um, but yeah, so the sweet potato casserole, we make this, it's called cheese bread. It's like a family tradition. And so I like that. But yeah, we just, Thanksgiving for us is family food and football. At 100%. So, so in Chicago, do y'all do stuffing or dressing or both? It's called stuffing here. So we okay. do the stuffing, but we make a ham. We don't make a turkey. So okay. a little bit easier. Um, I make enough to eat for, for a couple days. So I don't have to cook after Thanksgiving. I'm going to send you the Wilson um, cornbread dressing recipe that you'll have to try next year. Yeah, super love good. that. So look, I'm super excited to have you and you've got a wealth of knowledge and a very, very uh, interesting subject matter. Um, one thing that when I was introduced introduced to you via email by I believe Stuart Swanson, and yes. uh, he told me what you did, which is short sale work. Uh, it was very intriguing, but honestly, what drew me to you was you are the nicest, most positive, energetic person and like you just, uh, you captivate people by your honesty, 
and um, just your heart. So tell me about your business and um, we'll dive into short sales. So I'm in the Chicagoland area. I live about an hour west of actually downtown. And my husband and I left our mortgage career back in 2007 and started a business around short sales. And so we have kind of grown over the years with the banks and the process. And I really have a true passion for helping these homeowners. I've seen so much hardship over the years and a lot of people getting bad advice from internet or other agents and sometimes even attorneys and it breaks my heart. So I've been doing short sales now in Chicagoland for 15 plus years. In 2019, I decided to start a company called Blueprint Short Sales. And so that's nationwide. And the mission around that company is to help 100,000 families avoid foreclosure, but most importantly, help these homeowners get educated on their options. You know, let them know that they're not alone and that they do have those options. They just need the right professional team around them so that we can hold their hand and figure out what's gonna be the best option for them and their family so they can make an informed decision. So. Yeah, so from the very organic level, tell the audience and the consumer at its very core, what is a short sale? So a short sale is when a homeowner is behind on their mortgage and they owe more on the property than what it's worth. So this past year has been a little bit tricky because of the way the real estate market was. So we've had to do a lot more due diligence up front. So we have asked, you know, some, some sellers, homeowners have actually had equity in their home. And even though they were behind on their mortgage, they could sell as a traditional sale and pull all that equity out. However, that before this year, that rarely, rarely ever happened. But a lot of people now have taken advantage of the moratoriums that were in place and the forbearances, and they haven't made a mortgage payment in a very long time. So people forget to take into consideration all those payments they haven't made, any foreclosure fees. So it usually adds up more than what the house is worth. So for example, Eric, like let's say you owe 250, in reality, the house is only worth 200. So that would be a short sale. Okay. And so what, why would a consumer want to do a short sale versus a bankruptcy or a foreclosure? So I think there's a lot of misinformation online. I hear a lot where people say bankruptcy is worse than foreclosure. It's actually the opposite. So foreclosure, we try to stress and spread as much awareness as possible as, hey, don't go to foreclosure. It's not good for your credit. It's not good for the neighborhood. It's just not a great situation. So we try to spread as much awareness. Hey, do the short sale. Majority of our clients actually do file a bankruptcy and then proceed with a short sale afterwards, depending. You know, I know the bankruptcy laws are different depending where you're at in the United States. But, um, you know, if they're in a seven, then they can sell or maybe the chapter 13, they decided their payments were too high. So there's a lot of different scenarios, but most experts argue don't go to foreclosure. You don't want to have that on your record. It is better to do the short sale and the bankruptcy or just the short sale, because in the end, you'll be able to purchase a house sooner than you would if you went to full blown foreclosure. 
So, so I'm glad that you brought up the interplay between bankruptcy and short sales. Obviously, you know, uh, my consumer practice is heavily weighted towards uh, consumer bankruptcy filings. And so you bring up an interesting point. The short sale and the bankruptcy are not mutually exclusive. We can have both and they both can serve the purpose, correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, every situation is different. I don't think in my 15 years of doing this, I've ever seen the same, but a lot of people will opt to do the chapter seven because they want to wipe away that debt and not have to worry about a 1099 down the road. Um, but it depends on where you're at in the United States. Sometimes you can start the short sale sooner when filing a chapter seven. Sometimes you have to wait a little bit longer. So we take all of that into consideration. But I do say a majority of our clients would file a bankruptcy first and then proceed with a short sale. And I think that's what, um, when you and I first started talking, when we first met, that's sort of what really opened my eyes as how it could be a perfect complement to filing a, a chapter seven, because typically, you know, as the attorney, you file the case, they don't want the house, they're too far behind or they're too far underwater. And so the easy thing to do really is let's file the chapter seven, let's surrender the house, mm -hmm. let's be done with it, you're out of the debt, but it doesn't cure the problem, number one, of necessarily title, and it also doesn't cure the problem of the foreclosure happening and you know being on the consumer's credit report. So can you speak a little bit more about that? And I know we've sort of discussed it, but yeah, so I would love to. So here in Chicagoland, I have, you know, a handful of attorneys I've worked with for over 10 years. That is how, Eric, we got introduced by Stuart Swanson. And so I'm trying to spread awareness across the country to say, hey, if you're a bankruptcy attorney, consider um, suggesting a short sale to your clients for a couple of different reasons. So one, ideally, we want our clients to stay in the property during the entire short sale. So if they've done the bankruptcy with you, Eric, or anyone, you know, for that matter, um, then stay in the house during the whole process. Short sale does not mean short time frame. Um, otherwise, it'd be called a long sale. Short <laughs> just means that the bank is being shorted in the amount owed. So it does take time because uh, we have to deal directly with the bank. So we like our homeowners to stay in the property throughout the process okay it helps them come up with their next chapter um you know the fresh start and we can help them find a rental down the road but another great thing is they potentially could get some relocation assistance so it does vary depending on where they're at in the united states but sometimes like here in chicagoland it's three thousand dollars if it's a va it's fifteen hundred i always tell our clients at least it's something rather than nothing and so you're really going to have that to be able to start fresh down the road. So, so what is the typical case where the consumer should consider the short sale versus trying to keep the house? And I know that's individualistic, um, but how do I talk to my consumers about that? Because everybody wants to hold on to their house that they've worked so hard to get. It was their first home. So from my perspective, what would I be telling my clients as to why they should at least consider that? Well, I think you got to look at the bigger picture. Like, can they even afford the house? Have they tried a loan modification? So there's some questions that you can ask up front. 
a lot of sellers, you know, they are in denial and so they may not be ready right now, but it's a great to still introduce us, introduce them to us so we can say, okay, here, here's the options, try the loan modification first, do everything you can. And if nothing works out, then they're going to have to proceed with the short sale most likely because they don't want to go to foreclosure. So, you know, there's some questions that you can ask up front just to kind of determine their situation. Like I said, every situation is unique. If they don't want to keep the house and they're not going to reaffirm it, then suggest the short sale for these various reasons. One, it is the only way to property properly get them off of title, either that or they go to foreclosure. You know, sometimes I'm not sure where you're at, Eric, if HOAs are, are you know, if you have a lot of HOAs. But, you know, once you file the, the bankruptcy, you can include those. But what about after that bankruptcy? They're still going to have to pay those. So we try to get the bank to do that or the buyer. So there's ways around that. Um, but, yeah, so it's, it's every case is different. But I always try to suggest, hey, let's look at all of the options up front. Here's the questions we ask them. Um, if they don't have a job, like they're not going to be able to do a loan modification. So if the people are not reaffirming their mortgage, I always suggest they're doing the bankruptcy, suggest a short sale, and then lay out the reasons why. I know I think you have my book, The Complete Guide to Selling Your Home as a Short Sale. So that gives a general overview of how the short sale works. But again, I think there's a lot of bad information online about short sales too. And so these homeowners that are struggling, ideally they file for bankruptcy and then it's all just done right there in your office, Eric. So, you know, we do the short sale, we help them sell, we help them find a rental and it's all one-stop shop versus them going here and there because they trust you, you've helped them with the bankruptcy and now they can proceed with the short sale. And it's just a better situation for them all around. Yeah, and it's just a cleaner, <clears throat> more comprehensive uh, solution to all their problems. And I'm glad that you brought up the, the title issue again, because I think that's important. In your experience, and, and I'll say what my experience is, when we surrender property, whether that's in a 13 or a seven, especially lately with the way the housing market has been, it takes mortgage companies, it seems like forever and ever to even foreclose. And sometimes they haven't foreclosed a year after the bankruptcy. Your client is still the de facto, well, is the owner of the property. Yeah. And, you know, you've got everything that's um, sort of along those lines or comprehensive with meaning like you said, HOA fees, they're still accumulating. You've got potentially taxes and insurance that maybe is still accumulating. So the whole getting the, the consumer off the title is a super important, more practical consideration than legal consideration. Would you agree with that? I, I do agree. Um, you know, they're start, they have filed the bankruptcy to start fresh. But it, the house, if their name is still in the title, so that's always going to be kind of looming in the background. And like I said, the only way to get them off of title is to foreclose or to do the short sale. So we always advise to do the short sale for all the various reasons I said before. Um, but again, like here in Chicagoland or the state of Illinois, it could take one, two years because it's such a slow process. So then if they go to buy a house and technically their name is still on title, then there's going to be issues. 
So yeah, I always advise do the bankruptcy if they don't want to keep the property or maybe a chapter 13 case is being dismissed, Eric. You know, once the, that case is dismissed, then the bank has the right to proceed with foreclosure. So all those scenarios is when you should come and start the short sale. Because like, let's say someone has an auction date, which there's a lot of people that don't know this either. If they have an auction date on their home, they can file a bankruptcy and temporarily stops that date. Temporarily Correct. is the key word here. Correct. Because it's not going to be forever. If the chapter 13 case gets dismissed, then the bank will set another date right away. And chapter seven is a little bit different. So like I've said before, every situation is different. So it's very important for us to understand where the seller's at, how much time they need in the property, what their you know plans are for the future. You know, what is on the title? Is there one mortgage? Is there two mortgages? Is there three? Um, we've dealt with a lot of IRS tax liens. So I want people to know across the country that it doesn't matter how many mortgages you have. If you have an IRS issue and the tax lien is on the title or a state tax lien, that's fine. We've dealt with it all. You just have to make sure you have the right team around you. So, so let me ask you this. Um, I knew I was going to forget my question. Um, does, okay. a short, does a short sale, can a short sale stop the foreclosure? So yes and no. That is a very good question, Eric. So what I tell people when we meet them, it's so, so important for people to come to us, even a bankruptcy attorney or blueprint short sales earlier on in the process, because it gives us more time to come up with options for you. Um, if you start a short sale, which also very important, Eric, you cannot do a short sale and a loan modification at the same time. Okay. So they kind of have to pick. If they wanna try a loan modification first, great. If it's denied, then they can come and start the short sale. But just because they're doing the short sale does not mean the bank is going to stop the foreclosure proceedings. Okay. It still goes, because otherwise everyone would come to us and it would just halt the process and nothing would ever get done. So it doesn't stop the process. However, um, communication is key. So Blueprint Short Sales and our team, they will contact the bank and deal with the bank and let them know what we're doing and it may delay it, but it doesn't completely stop the foreclosure proceedings. What is the, what is the lender's motivation to accept a short sale instead of going to foreclosure? Yeah, so um, it costs these banks a lot of money to foreclose. I know back in the day, and, and I'm not sure if it's the same, they had to hold like seven times that amount in their accounts where they couldn't lend on. So the more foreclosures there are for them, the they can't lend any more money. So they rather do a short sale. It saves them a lot of money um, and they can sell the property and get that off of their books sooner than a foreclosure. However, if, if someone is waiting too far into the process, then a bank, they may consider and, and say no to a short sale. So very, very important if you're struggling to come up with a game plan sooner rather than later, open up all your mail. That's my biggest suggestion is open up all of your mail from the bank. I know it's daunting. Do not swipe it under the rug. Open it up. Um, read what it says. You may be able to get a loan modification done. But if you come to us, like even Eric 
like later in the process, let's say 10 months after you stop making, making a payment and you try a loan mod. And during that process, the bank sets an auction date. You may not even have time to proceed with a short sale. So it's, there's just a lot involved, a lot of moving tasks when it comes to distress situations. You know, um, not completely related to short sales, but you brought up an interesting point that touches on consumer behavior. And I, I call it when my clients have the ostrich in the, in the sand, head in the sand mm -hmm. technique. And, you know, they bring you this stack of mail bills and none of them have been opened. And some of them are lawsuit, you know, summons and complaints. Mm -hmm. I guess it's more of a rhetorical question, but what do you think it is about human behavior that it's like we see this mail, we know it's not good. We don't want to open it. We know what it says, but we still don't want to. Well, why do you think that is? Um, I think when someone is going through financial difficulties, they, I think deep down, they feel like it's just going to go away. And so by not opening that mail, they don't have to deal with it. Um, but I've done podcasts and radio shows, you know, across the country. And every time I speak to a professional like yourself, Eric, the number one thing is to please open the mail open the mail, see what it says. Because like I said, if you start sooner in the process, you'll be able to probably get something done. And so that's like always the number one thing, open the mail, see what the bank has to offer, because you're right, it stacks and stacks of mail and they don't open it. And then they wait the extreme last minute and there may not be anything that anyone can do to help them. It, you know, it's daunting. They're they're it, frightened. They're scared. It is daunting, and it, it's it's a very interesting case study on really human behavior. Um, you know, even if you're financially fairly stable, and you you know the bills come in, it's almost like I don't want to open them and pay them right now because I don't want to see them. And you know they're not going to go away, and you know you can pay them, but even at that point, it's like that that mindset that I don't want to deal with that right now, but. I think that's very, very good advice is like open your mail as soon as it comes in, see what it says, get help more quickly, whether that's through you and the short sale or through me, at least getting their financial bankruptcy alternatives. It's it's so important to confront what's in front of you sooner rather than later, because later just creates more issues and problems for you. It does. And it's so much harder down the process to do something like I prefer, like I have two different kind of scenarios. If someone needs to do a short sale, if they come to us <laughs> earlier on in the process, Eric, then I like to start off a little bit higher in the list price and gradually lower it because it is not about us just taking on another listing or closing a deal. It's what's best for these families. And so our job and our goal is to build a case with the bank. Hey, we started at this price. It didn't sell. Here's the feedback. But if someone comes to us later on in the process, then yeah, we do have to price it a little bit aggressive. And I don't love that strategy because I want to be able to show the bank, hey, this is what we have done to really help these homeowners. But yeah, biggest advice is to please open the mail. If you can go to Eric and file a bankruptcy or even a chapter 13 and you want to try to keep the house, then try that first. Blueprint short sales, Heather Keller, we're not going anywhere, but we always want to figure out what's going to be best for the homeowner. And that's where a right professional team comes in place. 
is they do care more about you and your situation. And so that's where we can help you come up with a game plan is what I say. <laughs> so, so garden variety, uh, Eric Wilson calls Heather Keller and says, Hey, I owe two fifty. I think my house is probably only worth about two fifteen. I'm $15,000 behind. I've already been through a loan modification. I can't afford this property, but I do not want a foreclosure on my credit report. What is the process with you and your, your business, your company? Yeah, so we go in um, and myself or one of my team members will just gather a bunch of information. You know, how many mortgages there are? Do you live in the property? What type of mortgage? This could be a whole nother show, Eric, is like FHA short sales are so completely different than conventional. Um, they take a lot longer. So there's kind of a list of questions that we go through to see if we can really help this homeowner. And then we would come up with a game plan and then we would refer it out to one of our blueprint partners. So I do have partners across the whole United States that are trained and ready to go and ready to help these homeowners move on to the next chapter. So we do as much due diligence up front before we say, okay, I think that we can help you. A lot of times they'll sign an authorization allowing us to speak to the bank just to be sure. So FHA is a little bit tricky. You know, if they've had it rented or maybe the property is vacant, there's just a lot more involved than if they already live in the property. So like I've said a hundred times already, every situation is different. So we do want to gather all of that up front to ensure that we can have a successful short sale for them to avoid the foreclosure in the end. So typically, what is the cost to consumer, number one? And number two, how long does the process typically take? I know every situation is different. If you yeah, can so typically a short sale is like three to six months, let's say. FHA is a little bit longer. So if you have an FHA mortgage, just an FYI, they do require you, HUD requires you to go through a loan modification first. So very tricky. If you have a Fannie Mae backed loan, they're by far the best system in place as far as a short sale goes. Um, I'm sorry, I just lost my train of thought. What was the question again, Eric? Yeah, what does it cost the consumer? Oh, cost, okay. So a short sale should not cost you anything. And so that's where we also stress, like I cannot ask the client for any money. It's actually illegal. So back in the day, there was a lot of bad information going around, people asking for money up front. Homeowners were super scared. And so they were paying these people. Short sale should not cost you anything. So the bank's gonna pay um, the closing fee to the attorney if you're an attorney state all the um you know the, the property taxes if you're behind on your property taxes the commission all the closing costs so when you gave the situation eric where you know they owed 250 and they could sell it for 215 um a lot of people take forget to take in consideration all the closing costs so really the bank is going to net less so the short sale does not cost anything um very, very important for everyone to know. And it also is sold as is. So that's also important to know. So there's a lot of properties that have deferred maintenance or maybe are in really rough shape and homeowners think, oh, I can't do anything. That's false. You can still sell the property. It just, 
you know, the, the, the as is, you take that into consideration when you're listing it in the price, but it should not cost the seller anything to do the short sale. So if someone's asking you for money, then please run. I actually have a, a quick story, Eric. So I had a seller here in Chicagoland that called me off of our letter earlier this year, and they thought their property was foreclosed on. The pandemic brought a lot of crazy issues, the moratoriums, the forbearances. So I did some due diligence and my sellers actually were foreclosed on in March of 2020. However, because the moratoriums hit at that time, the bank actually reversed the foreclosure and they didn't know that. And so someone came knocking on their door and they said, hey, we'll allow you to stay in this property, but you have to pay us rent. So my clients were paying rent to these people, even though they technically still owned the house. And so I figured all that out for them, held them ha held their hand through this whole entire process. We ended up doing the short sale. They got some relocation money and they avoided the foreclosure. So there's so many different scenarios like that that I've seen over the 15 years. These homeowners are so scared. And what these people wanted to hear was, yes, you can stay in your house. That's what they wanted to hear. Right. But in reality, it was like, a bad person taking advantage of their situation. So we want to be um, on the lookout for those, especially in the shifting market. That what a what a weird story, right? Oh, I have crazy stories. That could be another. I have a really my most complicated short sale was really. So we could do we could do crazy short sale stories with Heather next yes. time. Yes. So any any debt that is discharged in a bankruptcy the company then cannot issue a 1099 for uh, for income purposes. What about the short sale? If I, let's say that bankruptcy is not even in the picture, I just come to you for the short sale. Am I gonna be 1099 for the difference? So yes. Um, so let's give the two scenarios. So let's say you owe 250, you filed a chapter seven, the debt has been discharged and we sell it for 200. There's that $50,000 difference. So they are not going to be 1099, none of that, okay? But some people don't qualify for a bankruptcy, right? So, but they're still in a distressed situation and they need to sell the property. So they owe 250, we sell it for 200. Will they be issued a 1099 from their bank? More than likely. So it'd be uh, $50,000 and it's taxes like income. So they will have to go to a tax account. And this is what I suggest to my clients always go to a tax accountant who specializes in this situation. There may be like ways around that. Um, but the reality is, is that is going to be better than going to foreclosure. Why? Because when you do the short sale, you'll get an approval letter. That means that the bank has approved the short sale. And inside that letter, the deficiency will be waived. So that is another benefit of a short sale. The deficiency will be waived. That means the bank is not gonna come sue them, but they'll more than likely still issue a 1099. If they go to foreclosure, they're gonna have an issue for the whole thing. That's so, right. So yeah, that is, that is a benefit of the short sale. Um, I always tell people the benefits are, you know, avoid the foreclosure, get your name properly off of title, move out on our time versus the bank's time. So, you know, time's a ticking when you don't open your mail and you, you know, go through the process and don't do anything. But if you come and join us, file the bankruptcy with Eric, do the short sale here, then we can buy a little bit more time, 
the deficiency is waived, which is a huge one. They can get more time in the property. It doesn't cost them anything. It is an as-is sale, and they possibly could qualify for relocation assistance. So a lot more benefits than going to foreclosure. Absolutely. Well, I knew this podcast would be awesome because, like I said, you are so passionate and honest and have a great business model. And uh, I appreciate you, everybody. This is Heather Keller. This is Blueprint Short Sales. Would you like to give your your website and contact? I mean, not your sure. Yeah, we're pretty happy. What? How people can get in touch with you. Yeah, so we're pretty heavy on social media. It's how we're trying to spread as much awareness. So all of our partners across the country have a uh, page, you know, in their area that's helping spread awareness. But you can go to Blueprint Short Sales. We're on Facebook, um, BlueprintShortSales.com. If you want to email me directly, you can email info at BlueprintShortSales.com. You know, we have a team of people always monitoring everything. Um, we would be happy to give you our two guides that we have, the complete guide to selling your home as a short sale. And we also have five alternatives to short um, to foreclosure. It's called, it's called ways to avoid foreclosure. So lots of valuable information for homeowners out there. Really, like I said, we we I founded Blueprint Short Sales with the homeowner in mind. We really do care about their situation and helping them through this process. Why? Because they're able to start fresh and they don't go to foreclosure. I don't like to see families get kicked out of their homes. It's it's a lot, especially if they have kids. It's just it's enough. It's too much. So just make sure you have the right team around you, someone who cares, Eric and Blueprint Short Sales, and it will be a better situation moving forward for you than not having the right team. Completely agree. Heather, you are amazing. Your company is top notch. Thank you. I know you do a great job for everyone, and I appreciate you being on my show today. And of course, wish you and your family nothing but the best of um, happiness and a great Thanksgiving. And uh you and I will definitely stay in touch. Thank you, Eric, so much. Blessings to everyone and have a happy holiday season. You too. God bless. You've been tuning in to Beyond Bankruptcy, financial knowledge for all consumers with your host, Eric Wilson. You can find prior episodes at www.ericwilsonlaw.com and on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. 